Hey friends, it's Amber, aka The Adult and Queen, your host of Sip and Sunday, the podcast. I'm an educator and lifestyle content creator helping millennials and Gen Z navigate adulting because hashtag adulting is ghetto. Sunday is a day of rest and self-care, but what you do on Sunday sets the tone for the rest of your week. Grab your favorite drink and sip with me as we talk about various topics related to adulting. Welcome back to another episode of Sipping Sunday, the podcast. I'm your host, Amber, aka The Adulting Queen. Today, I'm sipping an iced chocolate matcha latte, you know, my at-home go-to with my Trader Joe's powder. We have made it to July. The world seems to be getting crazier by the day, but we have made it to July, so keep hanging in there. The summer feels like it's flying by already, and I'm trying to get a handle on the time. Last week, I started my new job. Yay. Um, So adding that into the mix is exciting, but I also don't want the summer to just pass me by. I made a bucket list of some things I want to do, like have a picnic in a park, go to this float spa in DC, and read a book. I have not read in forever, and I do enjoy reading, but again, I just think that like, my mind has felt like scrambled eggs. Like I have not been able to just sit and read or reflect and do things that I've enjoyed doing, but I'm going to this summer. I also have a habit of saying I want to do like a whole bunch of things. I make all these goals. I set out what I'm going to do and then I don't do any of it. Or sometimes it just seems to magically all happen. There's really no in between. So stay tuned on what I'm able to get done this summer. Moving on to our Adulting While Black segment, where I highlight Black-owned businesses that anyone and everyone can use to help you navigate adulting. This week's Adulting While Black feature is Nubian Human, a brand and business that is diversifying the retail marketplace by brick and click. Nubian Human has been a catalyst for culture, community, and the development of creative economy by connecting conscious consumers to over 700 emerging Black and Brown artists and brands from 35 countries, serving as a means to promote collective interaction, community development, and global responsibility through a fresh and artistic brick-and-mortar experience. Since opening Nubian Human in 2013, this journey has led to the owner speaking on panels for universities, conferences, and entrepreneurs on business and social impact, such as the Her Impact by Ford Motor Company. Nubian Human has received recognition from President Barack Obama, Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton, Forbes, Fast Company, The Washington Post, NPR, The Washington Business Journal, and awarded the best physical manifestation of Black excellence by the Washington City Paper. You can visit their Baltimore location in the Mount Vernon area or shop online at www.newbeinghuman.com. They have tons of items ranging from candles, home goods, clothing, skincare, body care, and more. You can find a gift for any occasion and anyone, so check them out. This week on the podcast, I have my Insta friend, Nia, as a guest to talk about money. Nia Chloe Bowman, aka The Shmoney Coach, is an Afropreneur, financial educator, and community advocate. She spent her early 20s exiting poverty as a high-earning, in-debt college grad to become a debt-free, financially healthy working professional. She started The Shmoney Coach, a financial health brand focused on teaching young and gifted adults about shmoney. The secret money tips, steps, and techniques not commonly used within the black and brown communities. 
Today, she has successfully taught over 100 young people to improve their financial health through community partnerships. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Nia. Welcome, Nia, to Sippin' Sunday. Super excited to have you here. Let our listeners know what you're sipping or what your favorite drink is. Hey, Amber. Hey, y'all. I'm so happy to be here today with you this Sunday. I'm sipping on some Pinot Grigio, specifically 2021. But I will tell y'all, if y'all like to get quality wine, sip something that's 2019 or prior, because that would have given a little bit of fermentation. So, you know, sweeter the better. Wow. Okay. With the wine knowledge, that reminds <laughs> me of um, my um, Insta friend, Adulting Makes Me Wine. So if you don't follow her, you should, everybody, because um, she talks about um, a lot of different wine and she makes a lot of cocktails. But also my friends host Fine Wine in New York. It's coming up in August. So I'll make sure I send that. Okay. After. Yeah, definitely do. I love me some wine. Yeah, I'll send you the event. And this is another plug. I always go back to my friends and I'm like, I hype this event up so much for you all. Like, this is crazy. But I digress. (laughs) So again, (laughs) thank you for being here. I'm super excited. And thank you for just even approaching me to be a guest. Um, Nia and I have followed each other on social media for a while and we've seen like what we both do and talking about adulting, money, finances, all the things. So thank you for reaching out to be a guest on the podcast. And can you just start off by letting us know what age you think you became an adult if you become one already? Yeah, so when I think about adulthood, so many different things come to mind. And I would say when you were forced to become an adult, or do adult things. And then when you actually feel for yourself, you are one. So that's kind of like a complex question for me. So for me, I feel like I've been doing adult things since I was like middle school. Like, you know, going grocery shopping, paying your mom's bills for her, you know, handing the check to the school office to make sure the tuition was paid, Mm -hmm. you know, like doing a lot of things to that gives you responsibility, right? But that don't mean you okay. You don't really know what you're, decision-making processes. So I would say for me, when I finally realized like how I want to live my life as an adult, Mm -hmm. I would say that came more like 25. When the frontal lobes started lobing, that's when I would say the adulthood started to actually kick in for me. And I like that answer too. My favorite thing starting off with everybody about this is because it is different. So when I'm asking people, some are like, oh, like, I don't know. Or like, oh, this answer might not be good, but like, it's your answer. It's your life, what your journey has been. But I think you're one of the first people to say that like, there's a force into adulthood or like you actually choosing to be an adult and realizing like, oh, I'm an adult. And 25 is the reoccurring age too. Like that is the age a lot of people keep saying and I agree I feel like 25 for me as well because I feel like that's when you just started things just start to make sense like around that age and I feel like too just coming from a single parent household black mother coming from the you know the hood or whatever there's just certain things that you are forced into doing just because of the natural makeup and the environment that you're living in so Mm. a lot of us unfortunately grow up a lot older than we should so we don't get to enjoy being children for so long you know what I mean so that's why I feel like that answer to me was just like I have to kind of think of it where I am now and not where I was when I was younger because if I was 21 I would be like oh yeah I've been an adult for mad long no you haven't (laughs) it is perspective because I think I don't ever feel like growing up I felt like I was an adult until 
probably like when I turned like 23, 24, but right. looking back, it's like, I was doing adult like things. Like you said, like I had a job, I was managing my own money. Um, granted I didn't have bills, but like I had my own bank accounts. Like I was driving, I was doing things for myself that could be considered similar of being an adult, but I didn't feel like I was an adult though at all. Yeah, no, same. I honestly think that didn't really come for me too. Or I guess 25 was a realization. I think I started growing into it a little early in that because I started my mental health journey mm -hmm. and just therapy in general. And, you know, a lot of us, unfortunately, what I learned in therapy is that we just are big ass kids. We don't yes. ever fully mature because yes. we get stuck where we was at, you know, whatever traumatic point in time. So like a lot of that adulting has happened because of that processing yeah. as well. So oh, yeah, that's it's true. Depends on age and maturity, and that's what like I hate when people say somebody's immature or they're young or they're whatever because people are sixty, quote unquote, acting like they're teenagers. But it's to your point that like you either never were taught, you don't have somebody mm -hmm. that's like helping you because I always feel like somewhere along the way we lose the compassion and the empathy to want to help adults because we think that adults should know everything and we know right. as ourselves being adults that's not true so doing something that does not seem as like normal or typical or like conducive to society makes it seem like you are a negative thing even though that is not the case at all it's just that nobody knows how to do this nobody's been here before we don't know what we're doing. And I say it all the time, but like everybody needs that reminder every day that we do not know what we're doing. We have never been here. We've never been this old. We've never experienced these things we've experienced before. We don't know. Even the people you think who know don't know. Nobody knows. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody. And that's what I say. Like the first thing when people learn about my business, they're like, oh my God, like you must be like a great adult. And I'm like, yeah, there's things that I'm good at, but there's also things I'm not good at. And I'm more right. in my business to have conversations with other people to just talk about adulting, to help people one, know that everybody is experiencing this, whether they talk about it or not, but two, that like, nobody knows what we're doing. Like I, I just keep repeating it, but that's really what it is. Like you can have guidance from people or like get perspectives from the internet or like what you see on TV or whatever, but this is, this is real life and this is like your life. So you have to pick and choose what you feel like the best decisions are for yourself. No, it's very true. You have to fend for yourself. And I think part of building that toolkit is, you know, you got to learn a little bit on your own, but you have to learn from other people's experiences too. Learning yeah. everything from your own experience, damn, is that a hard knock life? That's tough. Yes, because you have not experienced everything and you only see like what is mm -hmm. immediately around you, but there's so many other things that are out here that you would never know if you stay in like your own bubble. Right. And you're here to talk about a super important topic. I think that um, resonates with everybody, but I will say definitely more specifically like marginalized communities because we don't always have access to this type of knowledge. You um, provide financial resources and conversations to young adults and really, again, like everybody can benefit from this. Um, but how did you figure out that you wanted to get into that? Or like, what was a moment for you that you were just like, I know as an adult, I need my money to be in order. I need to know how to do certain things that will help me in the long run. 
for me, honestly, it comes from just my background, like just being a poor inner city kid. Like I remember how old I was when I was standing on like the main street of where I grew up in Queens in New York. And I just looked around, I was like, nobody should be living like this. You got homeless people on the street, you have, you know, drug victims around, you have people yelling at their kids, you have, you know, you have actual like anarchy happening. And I'm, I'm like, we're only here because of just our financial background, mm-hmm. our inability to move up in a society and to fully participate. So for me, I was like, the only way that I could really know how to get this money legally emphasis on the legally right because there's so many ways to get out of poverty mm-hmm. and not always is it you know the way uncle sam or the judges would like you to do it so i wanted to know how to do it correctly and for me it was just education so i just took my education real serious and i decided to go to business school mm-hmm. and because i wanted to learn how people i wanted to learn how money works i wanted to learn how business works because i knew from that young it's really economics and business that controls mostly everything that we do. So I said, if I learn it, then I'll be able to come back to the hood like a like a, a Robin Hood of some sort with mm-hmm. the gems and the jewels of what I learned in that world and yeah. come and bring it back here. So for me, I felt like financial wellness and health was really like the only way to do that. Because one, when I think about it, that's the main reason why I had to hustle for the most scholarship money I had to be able to work multiple jobs when I was in college it's the reason why I face housing security in college is really be all tied back to finance not having financial wellness mm-hmm. so for me it was like if we're going to be a better generation than our our parents and our grandparents because that's always should be the goal is to leave the generation off a little better than the previous one I don't know what yeah. got lost in the source about that one I really <laughs> yep. don't my mom's told me that so I'm gonna just keep following with that one yeah but for us to be able to be better off we have to elevate ourselves in a way and I was like you know no one's really teaching me how to get out of credit cards that no one's teaching me how to budget how to add to learn all this along the way I'm getting cuts and bruises learning the real hard way so for me it's like when I came back out of college I graduated college in 2019 thankfully before COVID amen Yeah, I, I tell don't know. these kids all the time. I wouldn't have made it through college and COVID. <laughs> I don't know. I would not have made it through that. So shout Somebody out. I had to have gone them. a whole nother route to that one because, and really commendable to them because I really don't know, especially with everything yeah. I was going through personally during that time. But when I came out, I was like, at least I knew from a business perspective, COVID was about to flip the whole top off. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that because I studied business. Yeah. And I was like, let me just come back and teach and show people how to navigate just a micro crisis. And that started as a workshop. And from a workshop, went to coaching, from coaching, went to mm-hmm. partnerships with nonprofits to where we are today, which is more about just making sure we're, Asian, we're able to change and control our narratives as young people of this generation and not just accept the things that they told us like you like we can't afford to get out of debt we're never going to pay off our student loans we're always going we're never going to have retirement things of those sorts like I don't accept that for myself so Mm -hmm. why would I accept that for the people of our generation yeah and that's pretty much like where where all this started and that was about three years ago and I like where we at now We, we we doing the things we like to do yeah and it's important because we're not taught these things so for you it just sounds like from your background and like what you had to do as a kid is what 
one showed you like what you didn't want to have, but also gave you like a little bit of sense of responsibility with money because you realize like if you don't have something, then you don't get something. Or if you don't have something, you kind of like continue to get in a hole, which really does go back to capitalism. Like all the fees for somebody not having money make no sense because you did not have the money to begin with. So right. why would a company charge you more? It's because they're trying to keep like you in a hole so that you can't get out of it. But you took the initiative on your own after you saw certain things and you experienced certain things to actually just like learn about it and like research, which is really commendable too, because people don't always take that initiative. And I feel like if you're in a hard time, your mind is just already like, this is a lot, like I'm annoyed, like you're just shutting down and it's hard to think of a solution, but you were like, I need to figure something out because I don't want the rest of my life to be like this. And it sounds like you did that pretty early too, like in your early 20s. Or even like as a teenager, yeah. like saying throughout college. Yeah, because really and truly going back to the question we started with, right? I've been taking care of myself. That's the third way we could have answered mm-hmm. that question too. But taking care of myself since I was 18, mm-hmm. you know, like unfortunately me and my moms, we experienced a lot of housing insecurity, my background. And the last time I had a permanent housing was like probably a few months before I went to college. Mm-hmm. So a lot of me in college was thankfully I had, I was a nerd. Like I told you, I took my education seriously. So I had great scholarship money to go. Yeah. It was just figuring out all the coming back on breaks and needing yeah, to make yeah. sure I still have a little bit of money to pay the little bit of bills that I have on work study. So, you know, a lot of these things, not to say my mother didn't teach me about money management, but she teach me what she could teach me. Yeah, because she limited. doesn't know everything either. She doesn't and that's know not much her either. Fault. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like I learned a lot of these on college and really and truly is really out of college because I'm yeah. like, I got to come back home. I got to get a place. I got to figure it out. I got to start. I'm now making more money than my mom's ever made. I don't even know how to manage this money myself. So now I'm figuring it out all along the way. And it's like really and truly a lot of it is just having the right mindset first. And foremost, even if you don't have the right role models, that's okay. Like you have to have it within yourself too. And then within yourself, you're like, the behavior and the math comes like naturally. Like that's not, it's the behavior and the mindset that comes first. And I think you got to have it earlier on because it's, we're seeing it now with a lot of people who are in their twenties and stuff feeling really jaded and just not making sound financial decision-making because they feel like they could just never change their narrative. And it's just like, no, like, the systematic oppression okay cool like you can't change that no and I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you need to do everything in your power to change that because that takes time that we may never see in our lifetime but if you can control what you can can control like quality of life can be a lot better and we don't have to accept the things that our grandparents did because we're not there no more either progress has happened that's the one thing we also need to understand too so can we fully close the racial wealth gap in 10 years? Probably not. But it don't have to be so much more to where we're living in more poverty. Yeah. That's where we're headed if we don't do nothing. Yeah. There's so many good things you said. I feel like for me, I learned about money like from my parents. And then in college, I, I say it all the time. People are probably tired of me saying it. But like getting involved on campus is really what helped me to understand a lot of things because I was like, a paraprofessional in undergrad working, managing people, doing things, making money. And then when I got to grad school and then when I became a professional, I still knew those things or at least like how to access Mm -hmm. resources or find 
um, solutions or find help if I needed it for certain things. But like my parents were super helpful. Like when I was buying my car, like I would call my dad, my sister, my mom, my aunts, like just asking them different questions and like trying to check because like I never bought a car before. Like I didn't know what I was <laughs> doing. Um, And then even like now, fast forward to get my house, like I'm calling, like, what do I do? Like, is this right? Like, this is what somebody told me. And I think that even if you don't have a person you could go to, but if you're listening to this, you have the adults and queen, you have Nia, reach out. But if you don't feel like you have somebody that can help you with these things, like you can look online and Google now, which yeah. is also great. I mean, you have to kind of filter through for finance decisions of what is actually accurate because people will be like make six figures overnight but not tell you like what they did to like get there because it wasn't overnight that they made that money if they even made that money so like mm -hmm. it's, it's a, a lot, lot of scammers out here a lot of I don't know. I'm I'm from New York, so I could people. No, me too. Camera. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but people yeah. need to be mindful because there's a lot of false information being sold by people who call themselves financial gurus and financial coaches. And not to say not everyone doesn't have their credentials, but just vet for them, vet for yourself what they're talking about and do your yeah. own due diligence. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, don't just follow what I say blindly. Like, go take what I say and go see if other people have said it or if there's yeah. something similar or, you know, come to your own conclusion and way of doing this. Like, I don't, I'm not going to tell people to do with their money because if it is, it's not my money at the end of the day, but I'm just here. You, we're here to share the right information. Yeah. And it's just sad that, yeah, unfortunately we do live in a world where some people just selling information just to, just to make the bread and don't have yeah. the morals and the ethics and being in this space, you will see a lot of that, unfortunately. So yeah. just, just be wary y'all. Yeah. And for me, like with money and finances, like I can give you the basics of how to set a budget, credit yeah. cards, loan, like the logistics of buying a car, logistics of buying a house, but I cannot get in it into it with you about the interest rates. Um, how much you need <laughs> saved, down payments, all that stuff, because I feel like those things are more for a financial um manager, a bank, a financial yeah. institution, something like that. I can give you the structure, the basics, organization of like how can you manage your money, bank accounts, like how do you um do transfers and like how do you save money and like cash envelope and debt payoff, those things of basic like things yes investing no like the how to grow money no like and people <laughs> do need to figure out for themselves like what's gonna work for them because like what works for me isn't gonna work for somebody else like how you pay your bills how you save your money how you spend your money like what is gonna be different for everybody yeah like the best, what I love as a being a financial educator is that I give you the concepts and you just apply the concepts to your life, right? So for for example, one of the things that I like to tell people as like the financial basics you should have is managing your money in a system. Now, how you structure your system is going to be based off of like, you know, your lifestyle and the kind of job you have and the kind of money that you have. But if you're separating your money into separate accounts by function, so you have a bills account and it's strictly, strictly for bills, should be no Uber money in the bill account, right? Yeah. Um, if you have your savings account or financial emergencies and having a whole separate account just for the things that you like to do, like travel and shopping and going out to eat and getting gifts and et cetera, just, you know, for more like your desired way of living. Mm -hmm. And then you have your separate account for um, your personal expenses. 
being able to separate your money out like that and then have it all linked to technology because we live it's 2023 y'all let the technology do a little bit of the work for you so you live stress-free you don't have to physically do a budget every single time you get paid it's already done for you you did a lot of that legwork and all you have to do is just manage your system you're basically the manager of your money in a way yeah so the way that i teach budgeting is just from that kind of structure how you allocate the money how you do it how you transfer from one account to another account that's all going to be based off of how you want your system to look yeah but the concept is relatively simple and i feel like for me i've been doing that since college actually and it's been it's been stress-free i've been getting my financial goals on auto i got out of debt that way both on student loans and credit cards Mm -hmm. i'm able to invest in my portfolio that way i haven't physically paid rent since like 2020 because like that's just how i've created my system so and that's what i um did it that way too of like separating out everything i am about to start a new job yay exciting amazing I hope I more money. <laughs> well, it's like it's like in between. We can have a side conversation about that. But um, I'm excited about it. But I was trying to figure out how do I want to set up all my direct deposits mm-hmm. and everything. So I'm gonna try a new system. Like I have all my accounts, obviously the separate ones. But what I'm gonna do is just deposit everything into the one account and then automate the transfers from that one. Um, and do it that way because having it all the direct deposit accounts you got to fill out and put on there. I'm like, I'm going to not do that this time. I was like, I'll just drop it all into the one, then automate the transfers to the other accounts. So Yeah, that's definitely one way you can do it. I I do it a little differently. So I do it directly from the direct deposits Mm -hmm. into the accounts, but I'm limited to four accounts from my employer. So I still do have some auto transfers in some accounts, like from my, I put my investment money in my personal spending account. Mm -hmm. But then I have an auto transfer from that account into my investment account around yeah. the time that I get paid. So I'm still keeping it where it needs to go. It's yeah. just sitting in a, it's just a holding account at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. But to your point, it just depends on what's convenient and comfortable for you to keep yeah. track. We're going to see if I like this way though. I'm not sure yet. Cause I, I'm used to doing it the way you do it, but I was yeah. like, that's something different. And I do recommend for people to just get separate accounts because there's no way that your full grown-up check deposited into one account will make it to the next time or that everything will be paid if you don't separate Mm -hmm. it. Like in your mind, you're seeing all this money, quote unquote, but you don't remember like this is going to come out in the first, this is going to come out in the eighth, this is going to come out in the tenth. And then when all that stuff starts coming out and then you're overdrawn, you're like, what happened? Because you didn't have that money to spend. You had it for bills, had it for savings, whatever it was. And that's exactly what happened to me. Like my freshman year of college, like I had ordered something, didn't realize they didn't take out the money yet. So I'm just spending, spending, spending. Then I get an overdraft fee and I'm like, how did I overdraft on this? And I'm calling them up, y'all. For for folks who are listening to the podcast, always call them when they hit you. I call them all the time. Always, you call always. Give me my money back. I'm we're not even gonna sit here and play these games because y'all don't need this money. Going back to what you said earlier, they just be taxing the poor. Don't do that. So sometimes you're not even poor in the moment. Sometimes it's like you literally forgot. It's just a technicality happening. Yeah, Yeah. and so then Mm -hmm. you're like. Now, I don't even explain myself that I'm not broke. I just tell them like, listen here, there was something wrong with the bank or like the account or whatever. I was like, give me my money back. And for my credit card, sometimes if I forget to pay the, make the payment, I call them right up too. I'm like, hello, mm-hmm. please give me my, my late feedback. I didn't intend to miss it. 
I will pay you right now. Just give me the feedback. Right. I, I let them know. I'm like, I'm a great customer too. Exactly. You, know, you always you get your that. money on time. So I've been with you for X amount of years. I would love to maintain this relationship with you. What can you do for me? You know, that's a that's the way I approach them. I ask yeah. them what they could do for me. Um, yeah, Cause sometimes so you now. might get that rowdy person and you just use, I've been on them calls. Those are not fun calls. Cause you got to remind them who you not. So yeah, I just be going back and forth. Anywho. Yeah. But <laughs> I call them up and tell them to give you your feedback. Exactly. And if they say no, speak to a manager. Like just keep escalating it. You're going to need to have some time on your hands to make these calls. Let's just put that out there too, which is also why people don't call because it takes time to do that. And then you yeah. like racking up fees and you don't even realize. Yeah, no. Cold, cold world. <laughs> <laughs> and so you probably touched on these a little bit, but I know for your coaching and your business, you have five key financial basics that you feel like everybody should know. So um, let us know what those are. So we started with the budget system. Mm -hmm. So making sure you're systemizing your money in a system that works for you and it's purposeful banking, right? Especially since with our community, we are pretty underbanked. So it's a good way to structure our money as well. Another thing that I like to tell people who are in their early 20s or like just starting college is make sure you're building your credit as early as possible. I started building credit at 19 Same. and I started building early because I knew I was going to be studying abroad at that time. So I wanted to be able to like, you know, make sure that I had access to credit card rewards when I was out there and also when. And I got back from abroad that I would be able to get approved an apartment, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people complain about not having their own crib, but you don't even got the the starter pack crib for you to move out for. So and you need it. Like it's so crazy. Like again, this world is set up for everybody to fail. Like you need credit to get anything, like an apartment, a mm -hmm. house, a car but you don't have credit, and they like make you have to pay more because you don't have credit. But credit, like. Credit isn't bad. Credit can become bad if you're irresponsible or you don't understand how to use credit. But it's like, they just, it's a cycle because then they're like, well, I don't have credit. So you're going to make me pay more. I have credit. Then I get in debt or I'm racking it up. And then like, you're actually having me pay less or my interest rates less because of my credit score. Like it's a mess. I get irritated. Yeah, no, I feel that because one of the things I teach in my courses when I partner with my nonprofits is that you want to make sure that you're not in debt. You're just leveraging credit because yes. they're not the same and how it's a psychological thing to it, right? Because yes. when you are just spending credit, you see it as free money versus just a way to manage your current cash flow or a way for you to, for me personally, get interest on my purchases with credit card rewards. It's just another way to rack up rewards-based savings. So I can use them for flights and I can use mm -hmm. them for gift cards. I can get credits. I can make my purchases cheaper in the future. So yeah. just knowing how to leverage it, I think is like so important. And for me, you know, when I first started building credit, I wasn't completely debt free. You know, I definitely yeah, racked up debt by the time I left college and I had to pay that off, which goes into like my third um, point is making sure that you have a debt plan. Because mm -hmm. most of us is going to have credit cards that most of us is going to have student loans that and knowing how much you need to pay is very important. And when you're going to have that paid off just for myself, like senior yes. year of college, I made sure I created a debt plan and included that in my budget going back to why it's important to have a system. 
because I knew how much income I was going to be making because I had gotten hired. I had gotten a full time before I even graduated because I was not playing them games. I was graduating with a job, a job. That's what I went into debt for. Like <laughs> I went into debt to get a job. So I wanted to make sure I had a job and I had a high paying job. So I created like my own exit budget in a way. And I figured out, okay, if I want to live on my own and I want to get out of debt in five years, this is how much my monthly payment got to be. You know, figuring out what that's going to be for yourself and being very clear and transparent about it, I think is like so important because if you don't know your numbers, you're never going to get out of debt. Exactly. And that's what like, to your point of like knowing how much you need to pay, like I know specifically for New York, um, that is super expensive. I know. But you shouldn't just take any kind of job because you need like mm-hmm. money. If it's like half, like paying you half of what your bills are, like you're always going to be in a bad situation. Like you need to know first, like how much is your rent? How much is gas, electricity, your phone, your car? Like you need to literally just add up all of the numbers. And it does get you annoyed because I've been trying to do it as I'm about to start this new job and like reformatting what I want my finances to be. And I'm like, why does everything cost this much? But like, you literally have to write (laughs) it all out though, of like what Mm -hmm. you're paying, what the due date is, what bank account is going to come out of, where are you putting it on auto pay or whatever. And then when you're going to jobs, it's like, if the job's not going to pay you as much as you're going to need to just live, like you're setting yourself. Don't get that job. Exactly. Sometimes it's numbers. Sometimes it's not, it's not just as simple as, oh, I like this job. Does the job like you? Because if you can't live your life, the job doesn't like you that much. So, you know, just thinking about how you're structuring your money and how, just as a little sidebar, sometimes you don't have an expense problem, you have an income problem. So outside of the the five things I'm going to talk about today, I don't specifically, I don't specify income because that should be implied that you need to be making the income you can so that you can live the life that you want to live. So if you are living in a high income city like New York, for example, here, you have to think about can you what can you survive off of and 50, exactly. anything under 50,000 is not it. I, as a young person, yeah. at the very minimum, I'd say you need to be making like 70,000 and that's if you're living with someone right because that's how you want to make that work too you gotta you gotta make some sacrifices but and that's what I did my first two years I lived with my best friend and I was making around like 70 75k for a for a little while like that's good coming out of um undergrad too I told you I was not playing those games I was like nah I had I was very stern I had my financial goals I knew what I wanted and I needed to make sure that my income matched what I needed and that yeah. was going to set me up pretty well. So, th- which then now gets me into um, my fourth tip is that when you're building your, when you're in your um, debt payoff, if you are on that journey, don't feel like you have to sacrifice investing as well, right? Yeah. So at the very least through my employee, I made sure that I had some employee benefits that was giving me the 401k, the HSA, yeah. which is one of my favorite accounts. I love a HSA, a health savings account, because not only can you use it towards your health um, expenses, you can also use it towards mental health therapy, which is yeah. what helped me fund my, um, my journey back in 2021, but also too for investing. It's like another sly way just to get some investments out of that as well. 
And what's great is that if you can find an employee that will give you more money toward your HSA every single year, that's also a benefit too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just yank them more, not just on the salary, but also what they can do for you in terms of building wealth. Yeah. I think that's very important um, when it comes to doing this racial wealth gap (laughs) a little differently because- as black and brown people, we may not have the extra disposable funds for us to be able to invest in a Fidelity or a Vanguard, a regular, mm-hmm. a regular deggable, um investment account. But the 401ks is lit. And a lot of people just say like, oh, you can't use your 401k until you're 60 years old. That means you just don't know how to do this shit properly because you can pull against your 401k if you ever yeah. want to get a property or something. Yeah, I like, you my, can definitely um, look into that. And I was and I'm like, doing the same thing. And at first I was like, no, I don't want to because I viewed it again as bad. But again, after mm-hmm. they were like, no, like this is actually a reason you can use it and they won't um penalize you as much or you won't have to pay like as much back or whatever with taxes because it's for a property. Like if you even take it out, like I know some people have pulled out money from it. If they lost a job, left a job, whatever their personal situations were, like they've taken it out they're still here to tell the tale. So it's fine. Like, don't take it out just because you want to go shopping or on a vacation. But like, it has to be a dire thing or buying a property, I feel like. Yeah, and I think it just goes back to knowing what your goals are, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, like, I know I'm going to need this money at some point in time and I have no problem putting it towards like things that's going to generate me money in a few different ways, both yeah. on the 401k and on the investment um, real estate side, because I'm going more towards on using it for an investment property, which mm-hmm. is a completely different conversation for a different day. That's not the basics, y'all. You have to elevate to that, <laughs> That's right? the expert. <laughs> but, um, and I think this will ladder back up to the last goal, which is on step is making sure that you have sufficient funds, making sure that you have sufficient savings because when you start investing you need to make sure that you have good cushion you need to make sure that you have actual money to put towards this account because investing is like another way of kind of like saving but it's just savings that can grow a lot faster than a regular regular savings account but also too making sure you're putting money aside for the things that you like to do like you shouldn't have to sacrifice too much for you to still to start living the life that you want to live now right Mm -hmm. so you know, I couldn't really do the big traveling before, but I was always making sure I was saving towards um like a trip that I can take for a weekend on a bus with my friends or something like when I was in my early 20s or whatever. Like you can start small. It goes back yeah. to the behavior, like I said, and the math will either just grow or be more natural along the way. But definitely having like those key basics, I think is like really important. The budget, the credit, the debt plans, the investment plans mm-hmm. and the savings, because it really rounds you out to be a financially healthy adult. And I think that's something we don't really talk about. We just, we want to talk about financial freedom, but let's get healthy first. Yeah, because you can't be on that. without knowing or understanding how it works and just knowing your finances. Like if you don't check your bank accounts or you don't look at your numbers of what you're spending in your credit cards, especially with Apple Pay, I never started using Apple Pay until like the past couple of months. That is bad because you just walk in somewhere and you're just like click 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 and then the next thing <laughs> that you look is like four hundred dollars you click clicked all day like no so figure out and look at your bank accounts even also just because sometimes you are getting scams um or like something's going on with your bank account that you didn't realize because you're not looking at what is happening so make sure that you're checking your stuff 
No, yeah, it's so true. You, cause especially with these scammers coming around, definitely got to yes. make sure because I've gotten my my information pulled through PayPal. So yeah, it's crazy. They're getting to everything: Cash App, Venmo. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. But thank you very much for coming. I know that um this topic was great, and everybody probably is like upset with themselves because they know they need to go face their bank accounts and their money and figure out how they can do better. But I thank you very much for being here and talking about this. And I do hope that everybody is going to look at their money. Even if you feel like you've already been on top of it, you could always reevaluate and tweak, especially now we're getting through um second half of the year, almost Christmas is going to come up. So that's something to plan for. Student loans is coming Holiday. up. Oh my God. Too. Joseph yeah. Biden working my last nerve because you cannot ride a whole campaign saying you're going to do something that you're not doing, Mr. Robinette. Like, what? He about to lose his job. <laughs> <laughs> Period. But, oh my <laughs> But thank you again so, so much for being here. Thank Let you for having know. me. This has been amazing. Let them know your um website, your social media, how to find you. It'll all be linked, but let them know as well. Yes, y'all. Y'all can find me at the Shmoney Coach. There is no seeing Shmoney. It's just S-H I've been having a hard money. time. I've been spelling it <laughs> money with an S. So everybody is V S H, no C. Yes. Thank you. You can find me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Oh, I be having a good time over there too. Yes, girl. We be getting on and popping over there. You can also find me at theshmoneycoach.com. That's where I'll be releasing my website within the next couple of weeks in terms of blogs, in terms of how you can partner with me with nonprofits and schools, because that's also where I be at as mm-hmm. well. And then you could also, you know, just reach out to me, my email. I think you froze when you were saying your email, or maybe I froze. I don't know. Now it says my internet is unstable. Oh, I'm not sure. Okay. It might have been me. So I'll just... but either way, people, her information <laughs> will be in the thing. It will be in the notes. Yes. Thank you. But thank so you for much. having me, girl. This has been so good. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Nia, the Shmoney Coach. I know for myself this month, I'm committing to tracking my expenses again to set a new budget because new job, filling out direct deposits again, figuring out where I want my money to go. I'm using uh, the Every Dollar app. I've used it before. I've gone between that, using an Excel sheet, trying to actually just write it down on paper and pen. But right now, we're going to try the app Every Dollar and see how that goes. On top of this, Robinette. Joseph Biden, Robinette, Joseph Rob, Jack words, Joseph Robinette Biden, because I'm just so upset with him, couldn't even get his name out. Joseph Robinette Biden is not canceling these student loans. So we also got to figure something out because the cost of everything is going up, but the salaries are not. But Nia gave some great tips and make sure you follow her because she will be able to help you on your journey to getting the coins in order. And you can find her on social media at the Shmoney Coach, Shmoney spelled S-H-M-O-N-E-Y, the Shmoney Coach. She's on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Her website is www.theshmoneycoach.com backslash black, oh my God, words are, it's it's hard to talk right now, clearly. www.theshmoneycoach.com backslash social. 
and you can build a budget system like her. Um, she mentioned that with a free chapter of the Young, Gifted, and Black Shmoney Bundle, and the link to download is in the show notes. So make sure you check that out for sure so you could get the coins in order. Thank you all so much for being avid listeners of Sippin' Sunday, whether this is the first episode you're listening to or you're an OG from the beginning. I appreciate you so much. I genuinely keep doing this because you all are listening. If you'd like to contribute to the Adults and Queen and help support the show, feel free to head to my Patreon, www.patreon.com. Oh my God, backslash is a word that clearly is hard for me to say. We're going to cut that out the next shows. No backslashes are being said. My Patreon is www.patreon.com backslash the adults and queen. For as low as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive content and resources. Your monthly donation goes to producing the show, merchandise, business expenses, etc. because the adults and queen is not full-time yet. Shout out to my current AQ fans. Julia, Sixto, Tamara, Lauren, and Sean, you all are the best. To close us out this week, um, our song is Formation by Beyonce, Giselle Knowles-Carter. I'm counting down to go see her. Can't wait about a month away. Um, I chose Formation because we're going to get these coins in Formation. And what did she say? Always stay gracious. Best revenge is your paper. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Sippin' Sunday. If you enjoyed this episode, like, subscribe, follow, and leave a review on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple. Tag The Adult and Queen on all social media platforms with the hashtag AQSippinSunday.